We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for September 13th, 2009. And today we're going to be doing, I think this is just going to be one part, a study on injectable microchips and how this may play into the swine flu vaccinations. And I know I've done a lot of teachings on this lately, but this is a lot of this information is breaking news that I'm finding out on a week-to-week basis, and it's just not something I can, in good conscience, let uh, let slide for another month before I get it out. Because if uh, if let's say mandatory swine flu vaccinations were imposed, or if we had a H1N1 global pandemic, uh, one of the thir- first things they may do is shut down the internet or shut down a lot of the communications. So this is something I feel like that we need to address. And this is just going to be one more reason to be very apprehensive about this whole um, coming uh, vaccination program that they're trying to implement. The first article, and what I'm going to do is build a foundation upon the last article that I'm going to be reading, which is actually an interview with a doctor. But we're going to build a foundation and let you know that this is actually, the technology is has been available for a long time in order to implement this. The first one is from World Daily Net. This is August 22nd, 2009, this year. It's entitled, Life with Big Brother, The Next Step in the H1N1 Scare, Microchip Implants. Company developing the under-the-skin devices to detect bio-threats. Now, I've touched on this in times past, but we're going to we're going to just devote this whole study, and this is some new information that we've learned here. Uh, this starts out by seeing a Florida-based company that boasts selling the world's first and only federally approved radio microchip for implanting in humans is now turning its development branch toward, quote, emergency preparedness, hoping to produce an implant that can automatically detect in its host's bloodstream the presence of swine flu or other viruses deemed a bio-threat. Now, I talked about this a long time ago when um, I did the Avion Flu Tour back in 2005. This technology has been available, and it's it's just, um, I wanted just to let you know that, that this is something that's been around for a while. It's just the implementation of it hasn't, hasn't occurred, actually, as of yet. Now, it goes on to say, Verichip Corporation currently sells a small, under-the-skin radio frequency identifier capsule, or RFID, that patients can opt to have implanted, containing a number computer linked to their medical records, enabling doctors with a special reader to access the information even if the patient is unconscious or unidentified. It's the very same concept that they're using pretty much in the animals, where they're, where they're tagging the animals, and then if the animal gets away, if they're chipped, they can scan them with that thing and, you know, find Fluffy, and and then you know, you know, Fluffy's okay. But they're wanting to do pretty much the same thing to humans, obviously, and um, how this, you know, ultimately we're going to have the mark of the beast, and I've done several studies on the mark, and if you want to access those, just go up to my uh, keyword search box on Sermon Audio, under Scott A. Johnson and Sermon Audio, uh, sermonaudio.com, and... um, just key in the word Mark, M-A-R-K, and you'll find the, the teachings. They'll come up there. Now, also, the teachings, all of the teachings for Sermon Audio are also up on the ContendingForTruth.com website, that, the new website that we've got now. And um, 
they're not searchable like they are up in Sermon Audio, but they are up there. If you go to the Contending for Truth on, in the left-hand uh, upper corner, you'll see a tab that says Sermon Audio, and all the teachings are there, every one of them. So uh, that the website's getting better and better every week, uh, thanks to Tim, the Christian brother that put that up for me. And let's go further. So... Okay, so this RFID, uh, the company boasts that its microchip, roughly the size of a grain of rice, is the only such implant approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Now, these implants, the people that have got them, many of the people that get these come down with cancer. They come down with tumors. There's a lot of side effects of these implants. And it's probably the Lord's judgment. Uh, trying to warn people, you know, about these things. But there, there's been a lot of, of side effects. Catherine Albrecht has reported on this. She's the author of Spy Chips, I believe. She's got some really great information on that. If you, if you look her up, Spy Chips, Catherine Albrecht on the Internet. I, I'm not 100% sure what her website is, but she's probably the definitive expert on that particular uh, subject. <clears throat> And then it goes on to say, but Verichip has also turned its attention to other uses for the technology, including microchips that may be used to tag and log human remains after disaster, and implants the company hopes will be able to warn if their host is infected with the H1N1 swine flu virus. The H5N1 bird flu virus or other pandemic agents uh, also that are deemed to be a, what they call a bio-threat. Verichip is working with a Minnesota company, Receptors LLC, to develop the virus detection technology. And again, it's already been developed. They're just saying this, essentially, because we've known about this technology for quite some time. <clears throat> now, Scott Silverman, who is the, I believe he's the uh, chairman, he's the chairman of Verichip, says, As we continue to build on our partnership with Receptors LLC, uh, LLC means Limited Liability Corporation, which started with the development of a glucose-sensing RFID implantable microchip, which would be, I would imagine, for diabetic patients, it can sense the glucose levels in your bloodstream, so if they get out of whack, the chip notifies you or whatever. Uh, going further, it says, We are moving beyond patient identification to sensors that can detect and identify illnesses and viruses such as influenza. This is an exciting next step for the future of our healthcare division. And, um, you know, Verichip, you know, they're the ones that originally came out with the digital angel microchip. They're the ones that a lot of people have, uh, really from the, from the beginning, uh, many actual Christians have uh, identified them as most likely the ones that will produce the mark of the beast. Um, whether that happens, hard to say for sure, but... They're probably going to play, if not the major part in it, they're going to play a big part in it. I can't see them being out of the out of the loop because they've been around for a while now and uh, seem to be on the forefront. According to a joint white paper released earlier this year by both companies, and the white paper is called An Integrated Sensor System for the Detection of Bio-Threats from Pandemics to Emerging Diseases to Bioterrorism, the researcher's goal is to transform existing glucose detection technology into pinpointing viruses instead. Then, couple it with the in vivo, meaning planted inside a living organism, 
microchip that can alert others of the virus's presence. See, they're going to come out with a lot of great excuses for you to get chipped. Oh, we will be able to detect the uh, H1N1 in, you know, a quarter of the time that it's going to take if you try to, you know, do it. Let's say you want to go to your doctor and get tested and all these other things. Uh, you'll know a lot quicker, so we'll save your. We'll have a lot better chance of saving your life if you do contract it. And if, let's say, it comes out and starts killing people by the millions. Okay, now I'm talking the highly modified, mutated version that we haven't seen yet. Because if we had seen it, we would have some type of worldwide pandemic going on, but most likely that's only going to occur in the vaccinated populations, and we've talked about that, and I've done probably, oof, this is like, I think around my 10th teaching I've done on this in the last three months, and that, three to four months, then about 10 teachings on this whole subject of the swine flu, the forced vaccinations, these types of things. Uh, <clears throat> people will be highly motivated to do whatever it takes to save their skin when this stuff all starts going down. I mean, you know, that survival instinct's going to kick in in people that would have never, ever gotten, you know, even thought about getting microchipped will step up to the plate, most likely. Now, we're going to see that this may be built into the shots, and people may not even know about it to a certain extent. It's not going to be built in like this type of microchip, where... These types of, mi of microchips, I believe, are going to be able to do more than what we're going to talk about later in this discussion because they're bigger. You can fit more information in them. Um, but we'll get into that in a little little later. And Taylor just asked, if the, is this the mark of the beast? I've had a lot of people ask me that. No, this is not the mark of the beast. No. Okay? No, I mean, the Bible says that the mark of the beast, you're not going to be able to buy, sell, you know, do business transactions without it. Okay, now, granted, I'm not telling anybody to go out and get a verichip under their skin. <laughs> How the Lord may view that, that's between you and the Lord. But as far as being able to buy or sell without it, obviously, if you got chipped right now with a verichip implant, you could go out and do business apart from that, even though you may be chipped. Okay, so I'm talking about the mark of the beast that occurs in the tribulation period under the Antichrist rule. With, without it, you will not be able to buy or sell. No, it's not that. But I wouldn't, I mean, would never, ever tell anybody to get it, obviously. Um, <clears throat> I mean, if you're willing to do it now, <laughs> when, we're, when we're not even under any kind of real uh, duress, Regarding a, from a societal standpoint, we're not under any type of, if you're willing to do it now, my word, you're going to really, I mean, those people will be the first ones to step up to the plate and, and really take the real mark of the beast when it does come. It's a conditioning tool. It's incrementalism. Okay? This is getting us used to the notion of being implanted and chipped and being able to be tracked and, and, and all of our business transactions, you know, essentially uh, tracked via the chip. So... Um, anyway, I've done four different teachings on the Mark of the Beast, and you, you can access those, like I had said earlier, if you want to know more about that. <clears throat> Going further, the ultimate goal is to develop an implant that can also diagnose which virus is infecting the host. The Verichip has announced earlier this month additional forays into the emergency preparedness through the very trace system. 
According to a statement, the company told sold a very trace system, which included 1,000 RFID microchips to the Kentucky Green River District Health Department for disaster preparedness and emergency management needs. Now, that's kind of weird. They sold a thousand of these microchips to this emergency preparedness management needs health department in Kentucky. The company explains that Veritrace is a separate system from which its virus detection or patent records technology was created in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, where it was used by federal disaster mortuary operational response teams. The system includes the microchips, a Bluetooth handheld reader, a customized camera that receives both the RFID scan data and the GPS data wirelessly, GPS Global Positioning System, meaning they can track you wherever you are, and a web-based database for storing information and images captured during the emergency response operations. The microchips are implanted in the human remains following a disaster, according to one report from the Katrina catastrophe, duct-taped to the bones. Duct-taped to the bones? What do they do? Cut them open and then duct-tape it to their bones? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. And then it says, in order to maintain detailed records, particularly in events that result in hundreds of thousands of fatalities. Well, this is what they're preparing for, hundreds of thousands of fatalities. So they've got to have some way of keeping track of all the dead bodies. Okay, so they know who they've eliminated and who they've got to eliminate further, in other words. is really the reason I think that they want to have this. <clears throat> this, database ins- this database ensures the precise collection, storage, and inventory of all data and images related to remains and associated evidentiary items, the statement boasts. Since Hurricane Katrina, the RFID Journal reports that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation the Hawaii Department of Health, the Florida Emergency Mortuary Operations Response System, and the Medical Examiner's Office in the Department of Heath in Erie County, New York, have also purchased this system. World Daily Net contracted Verichip seeking information on its progress in developing the virus detection technology and another emergency preparedness microchip implants, but received no response. World Daily Net has reported on such chips when hospitals use them to identify newborns. Very chip desired also to embed immigrants, the illegal immigrants, so we can keep track of them. You know, we let them over here, but we got to keep track of them while they're here. Uh, and then a government health event showcased them uh, when Walmart used microchips to track customers. Now, this article that I'm reading from will be available in the PDF form attached to this teaching. Uh, on Sermon Audio and on ContendingForTruth.com. And, there, you know, to be honest, there's a lot of websites that are, that are taking my teachings now and they're, they're putting them up um, on their websites. I, I found two more last week. So, um, you know, all I can say is thank you, praise the Lord. Hopefully this is going to uh, benefit some people. Uh, they'll be forearmed with knowledge. They won't be destroyed for lack of knowledge. They're... There, um, in the Bible says, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And this is all we're trying to do is, you know, arm ourselves with knowledge here, uh, get in a preparedness mode, be able to, um, you know, pray about these things, uh, prepare both, you know, body, soul, spirit for for what is coming, 
And it also gives us an idea of what to pray against. I mean, if we see some frank evil on the horizon, God's not just showing that so that we can just, you know, embrace the evil when it gets to us. We can get on our knees and pray about it. So, that was the first article from World Daily Net. Now, there's another website, too, I wanted to mention here. The Lord just convicted me about this as we were going. And and, uh, this particular Christian brother, he's been on my email list for quite some time. Uh, and I don't, I don't recommend this site enough, and I really should be trying to recommend it more. And it's called WeThePeopleWillNotBeChipped.com. WeThePeopleWillNotBeChipped.com. And uh, this is also another excellent site on this whole subject. And he's got on a... Uh, uh, well, I'm just going to read you his fir- just the first header on his website. It says, the we, the, we the people will not be chipped. No very chip. It's also called No Very Chip Inside Movement. Um, like, you know how the, the Microsoft computers say, I think like Intel Inside or something, or whatever they say, like Microsoft does? This is No Very Chip Inside. And it says, it, this is based on the irrefutable fact that mankind has an unalienable human right that are, are absolute and cannot be de- debased nor perverted. Human life cannot be degraded to a 16-digit RFID chip number embedded under your skin under any circumstance. By uniting on this common ground, we can send a strong message to the IBM-funded Verichip that we will not be chipped. Now, IBM, they've got a lot of stuff on IBM up here, and IBM were originally the ones that, uh, were the ones that did the database collection for Nazi Germany. They were the ones that were employed by Hitler in those hollow earth machines to um, keep track of everybody. And again, we're seeing the exact same things in Hitler's day as we are, except now we have a lot greater technology. Um, But IBM, and I'm telling you, it's the same company that it is now, were the ones that were instrumental behind that. Just like Bear Aspirin, which is where we get, um, uh, was a part of what they call IG Farben. I believe also TDK was as well. And uh, IG Farben was the main monetary driving pharmaceutical force behind Hitler. And then you had IBM and these types of... And they're still going. These companies are still going. You know, they've been able to to, uh, keep going. Going further, uh, and this is just on the header to their website, it says, When Verichip microchipped the Alzheimer's patients, I remained silent. I was not an Alzheimer's patient. That's why... That's why I remain silent. That's what this is saying, the statement. And then it goes on to say, when Verichip microchipped the diabetic and AIDS patients, I remain silent because I was not an Asian nor diabetic. When Verichip microchipped the military, I did not speak out because I was not in the military. When Verichip came for the activists, I remain silent because I was not an activist. And then it says, when they came to microchip me, there was no le- one left to speak out for me because I never spoke up, essentially. So they bring up a good point there. You know, we can sit back and do nothing like a lot of people do. And I mean, I get criticized by Christians. Not not all the time, but I'll get an email once a month maybe. Oh, you shouldn't be doing this. Just preach the gospel. That's all you need to do. And I tell them, I said, thank you so much for defining uh, the ministry that the Lord's called me into. Thank you so much to, for defining the parameters of what a watchman's supposed to do. I'm, I'm so glad that you gave me your biblically backed and based opinion. Because they don't. They don't give me any... You know, The Bible talks about if the watchmen see the sword come into the city and warn not the city, then the blood of the city will be required at the watchman's hands. 
And that's all I claim to be is watchman. And, you know, a teacher, I guess. But I don't claim to be a pastor or any of that other stuff. I don't evangelist and that type of thing. Now, I've done several teachings regarding the Bible and salvation and things like this. And I try to incorporate that into all of the teachings so that we do have a biblical foundation. But we're the body of Christ, and not everybody has the same office. And the Bible's very clear on that, that we're not of all the same office. In fact, I just emailed a guy that the other day. And that's something we need to bear in mind before we start criticizing someone that's doing something that we don't think that... I mean, granted, if it's outright frank sin or something, that's one thing. But if it's part of a ministry, um, the Bible talks about, you know, can the finger say to the eye, depart of me, I have no need of you. Uh, All the parts of the body of Christ are important, and we all work together, ultimately and hopefully, to accomplish the same, you know, goal. And and trying to uh, bring forth truth, get people saved is the primary thing, is, um, is, is really should be our main motivation. Because... The salvation issue is, is beyond a doubt, without a doubt, the most important thing that we could ever um, consider regarding a person. Because you can you can help them, you can save them from a burning building, you can save their physical life, but if they go straight to hell when they die, then you know, what good have you really done them? So, now granted, you could have told them and they could have rejected the word of Christ and, you know, that type of thing. But, anyway, let's go forward here. Um... Got, I've done some more research on this this week. This was one of the posts I saw from a lady named Miss K. And um, it was entitled Microchips in the Healthcare Bill HR 3200. She goes on to say the far left healthcare bill HR 3200 is a, is a non disclosed section titled National Medical Device Registry Implantable Device. That's the name of the section. National Medical Device Registry, Implantable Device. And at its end, it's at the end of the health care bill. I found it in subtitle C-11, section 2521, where it said that Verichip Corporation, the corporation we just talked about, was FDA approved for implants. Verichip is a subsidiary of Applied Digital Solutions. Also look up Very Green. These are one word, so when I say Verichip, it's not two words, it's one word. V-E-R-I-C-H-I-P. Now again, if you if you go up to the PDF that's connected with this teaching on Sermon Audio or uh, contendingfortruth.com, you will be able to, um, you know, there, hopefully the, you know, the links and stuff like that, you can actually click in and go to the original article as well. Uh, going further... Uh, the Very Green Corporation is also part of Very Chip. We will be chipped and tracked. Get the word out. It's hidden. The chip will be linked to a database. Here is the next article. Now, remember, this article that I'm going to be talking about was actually published back in 2003. So we're in 2009. We're, you know, six years later. The chips became have become much smaller and the storage capacity much larger with a built-in antenna taking the energy from the incoming electrical waves. And we're going to get into that in, in a second here. So just bear that in mind. This is six years old, this story. And this is straight off Hitachi's website. I went and checked it out. I, I tried to double-check everything that we're talking here, and I actually got the link straight off Hitachi's website and posted it in this teaching. I, uh, the original information I found was a little rough, 
So I went back in and did some more research, and I kind of cleaned things up a little bit and, and, and found the original links on the Internet. Uh, it's, this is entitled, right off Hitachi's website, they, Hitachi develops a new RFID with embedded antenna U-chip. Uh, this is September 2nd, 2003, from Tokyo. Hitachi announced today that it has developed a new version of its RFID U-chip embedded embedding an antenna. The new development version features an internal antenna enabling chips to employ the energy of incoming electrical waves to wirelessly transmit its ID number to a reader. So in other words, it's like these little tiny, tiny chips. In this case, they're 0.4 millimeters by 0.4 millimeters, little square chips. Okay, They are, they can actually, they have a built-in antenna that is actually powered from incoming electrical waves to wirelessly transmit its ID number. Okay, to like an RFID reader or something like that. So they're internally powered. They've got, they've had that technology since 2003. And when it says incoming electrical waves, well, it could be using the electricity in the body. We're, we're, we are electricity. I mean, our bodies through the through the peripheral and central nervous system in the brain, it's one big electrical unit and conduit. Um, millions of transmissions are taking place in our bodies as we, every second of the day, between different organs, the brain, uh, you know, we, when we feel, we touch, we see, we, it's, it's all electrical. So it could be powered off that, could also possibly be powered off all of the electrical and radio waves that we're being bombarded with 24-7, uh, whether it be, you know, cell phone towers, AM, FM, shortwave, Gwen, harp, who knows? So anyway... Just want to clear that up. The these chips can operate entirely on its own, making it possible to use these U chips as an RFID IC tags without the need to attach external devices to the chips. Meaning, like an external antenna. Uh, this breakthrough opens the door to using U chips as RFID microchip tags in extremely minute and precise applications that have until now been unpractical. For example, the new U-chip can be easily embedded in banknotes, gift certificates, documents, and whole paper media. And then I wrote in there, and you. Because, <laughs> yeah, they can be impl- implemented in all that, but they can also be put in you as well. Now, Catherine Albrecht, I remember uh, teaching I saw of hers, and she had a... Uh, she turned over, it was like the back of a razor, uh, one of the... Uh, um, you know, like Chick or uh, Chick Track Two razor or something, and on the back of it, she showed, and it was like where, like one of the 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 eyes were dotted, like the letter I, where it was dotted. That was the microchip. They're already doing this, in other words. I mean, they've got a lot of the things that you buy right now are have those RFID tags on them, but they've got it now where they can be much much smaller. Hitachi plans to develop numerous markets for this chip that take full advantage of its outstanding features, embedding the chip in securities, identification, and other valuable documents such as vouchers, offers a highly sophisticated means of preventing counterfeiting. That's true, you know, and they're always going to present the good, the, try to present the good side to this. Another high potential application is the agricultural products, where the chips can help ensure the food safety. Uh, by providing traceability of ingredients. What, what does that mean? They're going to mix the chips in the food and you're going to eat them? 
How are they going to keep track of them once they're already in the food? I mean, you know, unless they're going to put them on the outside of the containers. I don't know. Additionally, the chips can be embedded in business forms to automate logistic systems and many other business processes. Okay, and I give you the original Hitachi link. You can still up on their website. Now, this is the next. Let's let's go forward four years to the next Hitachi announcement regarding this subject. And it's entitled, Hitachi Develops RFID Powder. Now we're talking about powder. We went from chips to powder. Okay? So, this is from February 14th, 2007. Hitachi develops super tiny RFID chips. Hitachi's new RFID chips, and I've got a picture of them, and this is right off their website, pictured on the right, and they're pictured next to a human hair. Okay? They are 64 times smaller than their previous microchips, which are pictured on the left, and they actually show two of these microchips on a thumb. You see that, Nonetta? Okay, and then you show, they, they show the other ones, that it looks like it's under a microscope, pictured next to a hair. So the microchips are that small now. So yeah, these are, these are very small. It's, it's actually known as a powder now. Uh, the RFID just keeps getting smaller and smaller. On, on February 13th, Hitachi veiled its tiny new powder type RFID chip measuring 0 0.05 by 0 0.05 millimeters, the smallest yet, uh, which they aim to begin marketing in two to three years. Now, granted, m remember, that was 2007. We're already in the, to the end of those, of the, you know, the three year part. So, They've had the technology, you know, in other words. By relying on a semiconductor miniaturization technology and using electron beams to write data on the chip substrates, Hitachi was able to create RFID chips 64 times smaller than their current available 0.4 by 0.4 millimeter microchips that we just talked about. Uh, they're being used uh, in an anti-counterfeit measure, in admission tickets. The new chips have a 128-bit ROM um, for storing a unique 38-digit ID number. At 5 microns thick, the RFID chips can be more easily embedded in sheets of paper, meaning they can be used in paper currency, gift certificates, and identification. But since existing tags are already small enough to embed in paper, it leads one to wonder what new applications the developers have in mind. <laughs> Okay, and then this is the last article where we talk about this, and it's entitled, The Chip is at the Tip of the Needle. Now, this was just put out August 27th, 2009. This is from a guy named Dr. Reich Gerd Hammer, and he has he's the inventor of what they call the New German Medicine, which, um, I'll just read what, it, what that is, so you have a little background. I went, and I went... This is right off his blog. Now, if you go to his blog, it's in German. Somebody translated it, and you can go up there and do that your, yourself. You can actually uh, copy and paste stuff, and, and there's a way in Internet Explorer that you can actually translate big blocks of text. And uh, so it's a little bit... I tried to clean it up a little bit, because in the translation, you, you obviously get a little bit of... You lose a little bit in the translation. 
But the new German medicine, which is what he developed, was developed by Dr. Reich Her- Gerd Hammer, MD. He operates under the premise that every disease, including cancer, originates from an unexpected shock experience. The discovery came after Dr. Hammer, the former head internist in the oncology clinic at the University of Munich, Germany, lost his son in an unexpected tragedy, then developed testicular cancer. The diagnosis led him to study the connection between stressful events and disease by investigating the history of his cancer patients. I don't agree with this. I'll just tell you right off, I don't agree with it. I think it's a component of cancer. But for somebody, there's so many people that come out and make these blanket statements, like Hilda Clark, all cancer is caused by parasites. Or this guy, all cancer is caused by some previous traumatic event. These things are things that can contribute to cancer, but there is a ton of things that can cause cancer. Environmental Protection Agency alone said, quite a way years back, said that there's 75,000 chemicals that we're exposed to, potentially exposed to on a daily basis, and of those, the vast majority of them are carcinogenic or cancer-causing. Now, you could take something that's carcinogenic into your system year after year and have no trauma in your life and still get cancer. So I I don't like it when these guys, but the problem is is they get locked into their pet idea, and it's just got to be their way. And there's a lot of people like that, and it's, it's just not the case. There's, there's multiple causes for cancer. I could do probably a 20-part study on all the potential causes of cancer. They all contribute. Okay? Some are more uh, malevolent or aggressive than others, the causes. And I'm not saying he doesn't have a great point here, but the blanket statement's what I have the problem with. Anyway, so... This doctor, um, he, this is an interview from his blog, okay, and he said yesterday, August 27th, actually this is when it was the, the, um, uh, the date of the lecture he was at, yesterday, August 27, 2009, I was giving an introductory talk about the German New Medicine, which is what he developed, near Vienna, Austria. My wife was with me and about 40 listeners. At the end of the discussion, the swine flu was mentioned, and a lady got up and declared the following. This is what this lady said. A friend of hers works for a pharmaceutical company in Vienna and told her that the swine flu injection needles indeed contain nanoparticles in in the very tip of the needle, which cannot be detected with the naked eye but are clearly visible with as little as a 12 times magnifying microscope like a children's toy microscope. The staff of the pharmaceutical company was advised that these nanoparticles work in the human body like a motherboard in the computer and lots of data can be stored on it. The lady further disclosed that she was working in the medical field. She had asked the lawyers who came to her as a patient how it was possible to avoid being chipped. He told her that he was aware of the planned shipping of the population, and in fact, most upper-class members of society were aware of this plan. For this year, no forced vaccinations were planned, but to rather encourage people through the media to volunteer for the job. In case too few would come forward, forced vaccination was planned for next year, except from those uh, professional groups like the elite, the politicians, etc. Being a lawyer, he knew ways for himself to avoid the jab, or the, the taking the vaccination. But for the majority of the population, there was no escape. Well, that's from an unsaved perspective. The Lord Jesus Christ can protect you in any situation that you get in. 
Okay, but let's just review this. Now, granted, this is secondhand information. Okay, but looking at all of the previous studies we've done on this, looking at the fact that we know they have the technology to implement this, uh, this is what I would expect they would try to pull. Not something that, I mean, you know, obviously we we can have extremely grave concerns regarding this issue. Uh, this is uh, what I've been expecting all along that they would try to try to implement this, and the the actual these nanoparticles would actually be at the tip of the needle of the swine flu vaccinations. They inject them into you. Now, granted, it's not the mark of the beast, okay, but. We're going to look at what they believe these actual particles can do. Now, I talked about in my previous uh, PowerPoint on this, uh, the concept of what they call injectable nanorobots. Okay? Meaning little, they're like nano-sized robots that they actually inject into you. Now, the premise that they say that they would do this is because these robots can go in and actually repair things in the body. But obviously, they could do the exact opposite as well. Okay? And obviously they could be used as a means to track you. And um, this is what they're saying. This is what um, she's saying. So if you had a magnifying uh, microscope as little as 12 times magnifying, you can actually see these. And they work like a motherboard in the computer. Lots of data can be stored on it. So now... This is an interview with this particular doctor, Dr. Gert Hammer, and Dr. Oh, actually, he's not a doctor, he's an engineer, Helmut Filar. This interview was on Wednesday, the 26th, August 2009. And this is Dr. Hammer, and he says, You can best understand what the intent what the intent is by what is not being talked about. In other words, when we talk about the vaccinations. He's saying we can best understand their intent by what they're not saying. He goes on to say, one may talk about vaccination, but nobody mentions the chip, the chip implanting by name. That is really strange because the chipping is the obvious issue in the face of these massive governmental measures. And that the Hitachi chips works and can be combined with the death chip we already talked about during the last interview. Now, he mentions Hitachi by name. I didn't know he was even going to talk about Hitachi. But he mentions... That, so we're, we're going beyond... I know we started out with the Verichip and Applied Digital Solutions. But those things are like monstrosities compared to what we're talking about here as far as the size of them. Okay? I mean, if you were the devil, think about it this way. Wouldn't you want to try to, to, to sneak these things into the, the bodies of human beings any possible way you could and then worry about... In, uh, Chipping with the big chips later, or who knows how how far down the very chips will be reduced, you know, by the time the mark of the beast comes about. They may be, you know, a hundred times smaller, who knows. He mentions the Hitachi chips by name here, okay, in, in, in his blog. And then he's saying these Hitachi chips can be combined with what they call a death chip. Now, I wasn't able to find out anything more about this death chip. I did some a little bit of research, but uh, he's evidently talked about these in previous interviews. For 28 years, 
this goes on to say, for 28 years, one was only allowed to discuss, he's talking about himself. Uh, for 28 years, one was only allowed to discuss Hammer, meaning himself. He's going third person on us. So. I love when people go third person, don't you? Uh, it'd be like me saying, well, I don't even want to get into that. But it's, it's, I always think it's funny when people do that. For 28 years, one was only allowed to discuss Hammer, Dr. Hammer, the, quote, unperson. Is that like the Uncola? Remember those commercials Coke used to do? The Uncola? Or, oh, no, no, that was Sprite. Wasn't that Sprite the Uncola? Oh, that was before your time, Taylor, sorry. Anyway, uh, for 28 years, one was only allowed to discuss Dr. Hammer, the unperson. But whether the German new medicine, which is GNM, which is what he developed, actually works, or whether its claims are repeatable and can be proven to work in spite of 30 verified published studies. In other words, the guy's been vilified for 30 years because of his research, okay? And, and, and he's been, you know, s- slandered and all manner of things. Anybody that tries to come up with any alternative theory for cancer other than a pharmacological treatment is going to be vilified by the pharmaceutical companies. That's, that's the point he's trying to make. He goes on to say, the same applies to Tamiflu. There are endless discussions about Tamiflu causing harm, but none about the microchip causing harm. Of course, Tamiflu is harmful. It is a poison. Now, I've totally reported on this in times past. It's totally worthless for the H1N1 bird flu. I believe it's totally worthless for the H1N1 uh, swine flu. Of course, again, that's not an accurate term because it's swine, human, and avian. It's a three-part thing. It's a bioengineered virus in a laboratory setting. But um, Tamiflu has causes these horrific side effects. Uh, psychoses uh, doesn't do anything to protect you regarding these, these things, and yet that's the main thing that a lot of the governments have stockpiled. They're going to have that in the vaccinations. What a great, great combo. So, there are endless discussions about Tamiflu causing harm, but none about the microchip. Of course, Tamiflu is harmful. It is a poison. It is also very damaging in the healing process or the vagotonic phase of pregnancy in the last trimester. I'm going to explain what that means in a second. Uh, but, the, but the death chip adds a whole new dimension that this death, this death chip is going to be used without concern can be seen in the fact that chemo and morphine have been used without concern in spite of the very high mortality rates um, while most could have survived with the German new medicine, his, his thing, okay? Um, he's saying that this, this death chip will be used in, in, um, in addition to this. Okay. And then the response by this uh, engineer, Helmut Filar, He says, it is also very strange that the U.S. government has created this martial law under which critics can be easily removed by the thousands and millions. And once you have chipped the people, they cannot run away from you anymore. Now, just understand something, that if they've got the chips in the swine flu vaccine and you get that vaccine, that's going to apply to you to a certain extent. I mean, it depends on their ability. It depends on their ability to track you from a distance. I understand that what their ability would be with these new Hitachi chips or these new nanoparticles, I don't really know. The antennas are already embedded in them, and we don't really know the scope of the technology 
that they have. I mean, they're always holding back. I've heard like 30 years. If they say they've got something, they've got technology 30 years ahead of that. So who knows what the technology may be. Uh, Then Dr. Hammer says, it's obvious that the chip battle has been under preparation for many years. The idiotic swine flu... Uh, with that, they lied and constructed a whole worldwide pandemic into existence. But it goes to show what a well-organized world press is able to achieve. They can turn a molehill into a mountain. It's true. The, the kill rate so far of the H1N1 is far lower than the regular seasonal flu. But yet, they're saying, you know, all of this stuff, now they've said, okay, this week they've made this new announcement to make everybody, put everybody at ease. Listen, you're not going to have to get two swine flu shots now. We've got it where you'll just need to take one. You're still going to need to take your regular flu shot. Get that poison. But you're, you're going to also need, you're only going to need one other swine flu shot. We're not going to need to do two now. The reason I, I believe they're doing this is, is to, it's like kind of like throwing you a little bone, like you throw a dog. Well, here, you won't, you won't have to take two. I know, we know that's too much of a hassle. We'll just inject you with the one, so we can all live with that, right? That's their that's the premise here, and I think there's been a lot of resistance um, worldwide. The resistance is growing; people are getting educated on the subject, and so they're having to make some concessions here as well in order to appease the sheeple people, as they would refer to them as. Anyway, uh, now this is and remember, this is an MD talking here, you know. So he's not somebody that's even... Uh, granted, it is alternative medicine, but he is an MD. He comes out of that system. The engineer, Filar, says, it started with the AIDS lie, and then it followed by the BSE lie. Now, when you see BSE, that stands for bovine and, um, spongiform encephalopathy. Sorry. That's like that, that um, character on Sesame Street, snuffleupagus. It's kind of hard to say like that word. Okay. So anyway, you see bovine, BSE, bovine spongiform encephalopathy. Uh, it's also another name for mad cow disease, okay, or prion disease, or Hutzfeld. Uh, I forget exactly. Anyway, it's got like four names. I pride myself on learning all those little crazy things like that. But anyway. Uh, after 9-11, after the 9-11 lie followed the anthrax lie, and then it was the bird flu lie. Now it's the swine flu lie. Next year we'll have the mice flu lie. <laughs> it all points to the, quote, the final solution. Like Hitler had, the final solution, which were the ovens in Auschwitz and the execution squads. Well, I think we've made a pretty good good case, uh, if you go back and if you do, if this is the first teaching you've heard on this, you need to go back and listen to all the other studies we've done on the swine flu. And all you would need to do is key in swine in the, the keyword search box on either contendingfortruth.com or sermon audio under Scott A. Johnson and you'll find all the teachings. Uh, let's see. When everybody has a chip then that will constitute complete slavery, then everybody can be manipulated and assassinated arbitrarily. And then Dr. Hammer says, first they jump on the babies and the pregnant women. Why does he say that? Because they're the first ones slated to be vaccinated. That and the, that and the first responders as well, the, the EMTs and the paramedics and those people in law enforcement and these types of things. Uh, I emailed um, 
my sheriff, the um, put out another update on this. Some of the ways we could constitutionally uh, now this would be more in America, but constitutionally protect ourselves. Things that we could do, and ultimately the Lord Jesus Christ has to be the one that protects you. But people were asking me what legal recourses may we have. So I put together a little pack and I sent that to my sheriff and. He emailed me right back, and he said, thank you so much again. Um, I am keeping a very close eye on this, because he's very apprehensive about this. So, um, and again, it's, it's why it's good to keep people educated and informed, because if you don't educate them now, and then all of a sudden the panic-stricken whatever happens, oh no, the H1N1's mutated, everybody's dying, and they've never heard any alternative views on this, well, they're going to probably go along with whatever told them. So, going forward, um, again, Dr. Hammer says, first they jump on the babies and the pregnant women, then they are the first to be treated with the chips and Tamiflu. Many of the pregnant women in their last trimester are going to lose their babies because the Tamiflu is totally toxic, but also the women themselves can die as their bodies are vagotonic during the last trimester. It is a well-known fact that vegotonia, it is a well-known fact that during vegotonia, one flu shot or one morphine injection can be deadly. Now, I didn't, I had never heard that term before, so I looked it up. Vegotonia means an overactivity or an irritability of the vagus nerve, um, adversely affecting the the function of the blood vessels, the stomach, and the muscles. Now, the vagus nerve is a very interesting nerve. It's a cranial nerve. Um, and cranial nerves are a little bit different than they, they originate off the, uh, off the brain stem itself. They don't em- emanate from the spinal column. The vagus nerve was, I remember this from college, they called it the wanderer. That was the nickname for it. So if you ever get an extra credit question on what is the wanderer, it's the vagus nerve. Anyway, um, and it had a lot to do with a lot of the physiological processes. It was the, it's the longest nerve in the body, the vagus nerve. Just a little trivia, a little trivia for you. But um, evidently, this vagotonia is when, this, when it's overactive or it's irritable. And in the last trimester, if you receive um, a, a flu shot or a morphine injection, um, it, it can be actually be totally deadly. And again, you know, they're trying to hit the kids and the, the pregnant women. You know, and they're pushing these these Gardasil shots on the um, preteen girls. They're getting uh, it just breaks my heart. I mean, the uh, there's been a whole bunch of these girls that have already dropped dead from taking it, and they're coming down with genital warts and all kind of stuff. Now, the, it's supposedly supposed to protect against that because it's it's the HPV or the human papillomavirus, which is genital warts, or, or at least you know one form. And so now they're saying the boys need to get it. Well, it's also supposedly with the Gardasil to protect against cervical cancer and these types of things. Well, boys don't have a cervix. Okay? So how are they going to get cervical cancer? It's just, it's just ridiculous. Okay? But that's, that's what we have going on here. And um, they're just trying to come out with more and more and more vaccinations. It's never going to end. Remember the last report I did on this? They said that they, if they had their way, they'd have people taking 200 vaccinations in a lifetime. 200. It's never going to end. So you might as well start pushing back now 
<laughs> because if you haven't already, you know, it's not going to get any better. You'll never be able to appease the devil. That's the thing you have to understand about this. You will never get to a point where it will ever be enough to satisfy the devil. The only time the devil is going to be satisfied is when you're dead and in hell. It's the only thing that's going to placate the devil. Or if you're a born-again Christian, that you're just dead and out of the way. It's the only thing. And what do you think the agenda is here? So that you can be healthier? So that you can make better educated decisions? So that your mind is clearer? So that you're not able to be tracked? Or manipulated? Or made sick? A weak, sick population is very easy to control. And that is what the whole agenda of this, and not, not only that, now they got the uh, advantage of being tra- trackable as well. And, like I had said, many of the vaccinations they have out there are cultured off aborted babies, aborted fetal tissue, which they refer to as human diploid cells, if you look it up in the PDR. What kind of curse could you possibly be bringing on yourself when you get an injection that's been grown off an aborted baby? Or the diseased... Uh, flesh of green Reese's monkey kidneys, which is another one of the things that they're they're using with the swine flu, one of the patents. We read that last week. It's like a witch's brew. It's disgusting. This, these things have no place in the body. What possible good could aluminum do in our systems, other than you know cause Alzheimer's and you know plaque up the arteries and, and uh, you know. Or fluoride, or, or I know fluoride is more in the water supply, but you have formaldehyde, which is what they embalm people with. You have all these detergents that they use. You have thimerosal, which is a uh, large percentage of it is mercury. All of these unbelievably highly toxic compounds. Table sugar? And they're injecting them straight into your bloodstream? What possible good could that do you? Well, I don't know. The, the guys with the white coats know best. They're my god. Well, a lot of people, they are. And a lot of those guys, some of them think they are like gods. They really do. You know, uh, not saying all, but some of them do. They, they're legends in their own mind. Anyway, uh, let's go further. This is Dr. Hammer. He says that uh, within a few days, our worst fears were indeed superseded by this cruel reality. The engineer, Philar. He says, Gerd, are you talking about the $1,000, uh, I believe, a day fine and the 30-day um, jail sentences for, for refusal to take the vaccinations in the U.S.? Now, you got a link here, and you can go, and it's this thing they've already implemented in Massachusetts. $1,000 day fine, 30 days in jail if you refuse the vaccination, if martial, I believe if martial law is declared. You don't have any more rights over your body. You know, you just you just have to resolve yourself that you know what you're going to do here. Uh, I, I, people say, well, "What are you going to do?" I'm, like, I'm not going to take it. I don't care what they do. Kill me. I'm not going to take it. That's what I. That's what I'm going to do. You need to do what the Lord tells you to do. I will not get this stuff injected into me. I will not have them defile me with this garbage. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And the thing is, is we're not supposed to go around being fearful of man. The fear of man bringeth a snare. And if you don't, if you don't feel that way, you need to pray God give you more courage. 
You need to pray God in, increase your, your faith. Now, I'm not saying that I'm Mr. Wonderful Person over here. Oh, I've got all the faith. And, you know, I haven't been tested on this yet. I mean, I'm talking a good game. But am I going to, you know, I believe I will, yes. Because I have, you know, I'm resolved. And I'm not going to say it's me doing it. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit through me that will give me the strength to deal with whatever. But, not only that, the Lord can hide you from this as well. That's why the Bible says, and Jesus said, that you should pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this world and stand before the Son of Man. We're supposed to pray to be accounted worthy to escape all these things. The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So, these are things we should be praying about. Okay, We don't want to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. We don't want to be ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us. 2 Corinthians 2.11 uh, So, either way, <laughs> I mean, this is this is just is, is about as heinous as it can get, what we're talking about. So, going further, Dr. Hammer says, yes, but the objectors are which would be called the death chip opposers, are, will be considered traitors. And they're not going to be put into normal prisons, but in especially prepared concentration camps, of which hundreds have been prepared all over the country. Now, these are the FEMA camps that they've got all over the country. I believe there's 800-plus FEMA camps in America. And then he says, and then you can leave those only by getting chipped. Interesting. What if they do that? I mean, that's a great thing. Okay, so you get thrown in a FEMA camp. Okay, and um, you, you won't take the chip, so, okay, we're going to have to quarantine you, okay? It's, it's your right, you don't have to take a chip. Maybe they'll come at this at, with this angle. But because you won't take it, we're going to have to put you in a quarantine camp until, uh, until you're ready to take the chip. Um, that's the condition for you leaving. That's the condition. You take the chip. And, and, you know, they make it as hard on you in there as possible. Well, then he goes on to say, you can only leave by getting chipped. And then he says, and once you're outside, it's open season through the death chip. By chance, these people are then going to drop dead like flies after their release. It's like making a deal with the devil. All of this is like making a deal with the devil. So understand, that's what you're, that's what you're talking about here. Uh... This engineer then says, are you talking about the beginning of the great population call? Dr. Hammer, he says, it can only mean that. Otherwise, it does not make any sense to get the military and the police involved. I mean, you have to ask yourself the question, why are they getting the military and the police Why are they getting the DOD, the Department of Defense, involved? Why are they getting FEMA and Homeland Security involved? And calling up the National Guards. Why is National Guard advertising on their website for internment detainment specialists? And you can go up there and watch the video. On, hey, come and join the wonderful world of internment detainment. You know, imprison your fellow Americans and have fun doing it and make money. I mean, that's what they're doing. Does it, and he, he says it doesn't make any sense to get the police involved and then threaten all these draconian penalties all just to get people to participate into a, a simple seasonal flu campaign. It, it, you have to understand, why are they going through all of this trouble? Four years ago, when I did that tour on the avian flu, that was the thing I was telling people. 
I didn't. I told everybody then. I don't believe they're going through all this trouble just to have nothing come of it. Why would they spend the billions and probably trillions of dollars worldwide in order to hype all of this if there was nothing to any of it? Just like I talk about the UFO thing and how Hollywood is preparing us for something that's coming. Potential disclosure. All of these horror movies, all this, all of the wickedness that's presented in the video games and to the kids through the public school systems. Why are they doing that? Oh, I guess just because nothing is ever going to become of any of it. In the church, that's the way they treat it. Because you don't hear about these issues in the typical church. They're silent. Totally silent. They've done really nothing to warn their flock whatsoever. Most of them. They're 501c3 corporations. Created by, created through the government and the Internal Revenue Service. What do you expect? And that, def- that has defiled the church to a large extent, regardless of the denomination. I've got a whole studies I've done that just key in 501, either in contendingfortruth.com or up on Sermon Audio. Actually, Sermon Audio would probably have more of those teachings. The, the Contending for Truth, this one is a work in progress. Okay, But you can access all the Sermon Audio teachings up on contendingfortruth.com. Um, but the 501c3 issues, you can go to Sermon Audio under Scott A. Johnson and you can see. And there's a, there's a Word document that's up there. It's called Satan's Master Plan to Destroy the Church. And it's one of the main things, not the only thing, but it's one of the main things that have been done to the church in the last 70-some years to destroy it. Satan has done a very good job, and he's done it subtly. And just like he was in Genesis 3, the, most, the serpent was the most subtle beast of the field. Very subtly, very gradually. So anyway, let's go further. Um, in the meantime, there seems to be some panic in the United States. This is Hammer talking. Where in the world can you flee to? People are asking themselves, where, are you, where will you not be forcibly injected with a death chip and have one free moment away from your enemies? See, they're try- what they're going to try to do is to create a, a society of caged rats. There's, no, there, there's only one way out, and that's their way. That's, what, that's the impression they're going to try to give you. One has to consider realistically what it would be like to carry this death chip knowing that any day you could simply be switched off. Now, if you did get this and let's say you weren't aware of any of this, I'm not saying the Lord couldn't deactivate whatever they put in you, but if you already know about it, and I'm not saying that that's going to be your uh, uh your way out either, though, because you can be destroyed for lack of knowledge. The Bible's very clear on that. Okay? Uh, but, and it's very it's very important what knowledge you choose to reject or accept. My children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, and thou shalt be a priest to me no more. And I will also reject thy children. That's what the Bible says in Hosea 6 and 7, 4, 6 and 7. Chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. So anyway, you've got to be careful. It goes on to say, one has to consider realistically what it would be like to carry this death chip, knowing every, any day you could be switched off. You are completely defenseless against that, and complaining won't do you any good. Like saying, if I had only known. Therefore, it really seems 
it seems really important for the ruling class to keep the people in the dark about this as long as possible. See, Satan dwells in darkness. That's where he likes to be. It's like a cockroach. When you turn the lights on, the cockroaches scatter. Satan wants to keep all of this stuff that we talk about on a week-to-week basis under wraps. Or keep anyone that would talk about this as, you know, he's just some conspiracy theory nut or whatever they want to call us. We're all going to be amazed. Either, either if we plunge into hell or if we, when we get to heaven... Whatever, uh, regardless of what class we may be in. Now, I'm praying that all the people listening to this will get saved. And I've done a three-part teaching on this that walks you right through it. Just key in salvation or part of the word in my keyword search box on either, it's at the top of Contending for Truth or Sermon Audio, and, and you'll find that. But we're all going to be amazed when we, after this life when we find out all of the ways we were being duped. Me included. Because we all are. Every day. Satan's really good at what he does. Okay, there's certain things. I learn new stuff every day. That's why I say that. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Huh. That's why you got to maintain humility before the Lord. Because if you ever think you're, you're to the point where you have it all figured out, well, then normally the truth flow gets shut down. Because that's pride. Pride goes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. And we don't want to get to that point ever. Then he goes on to say, in a company with several hundred staff which produces or fills the injection needles for the chip vaccination, it will only need one or two reliable people to insert the chip at the end of this process. Then all the other workers can confirm that they knew nothing about it. This is called quality control and the final check and appears completely normal. You see how they could do this and have virtually nobody know about it? It would only take one or two people at the end of the assembly line to do this one process, and they were sworn to secrecy or whatever. Uh, Strange, too, is that every single chip vaccination needle has its own individual code number, which is added to the ID number, I would imagine, of the chip. So they would know exactly what needle you were injected from. Now, granted, can I point you to an article? Maybe maybe the, the patents exist up there. This is what this doctor's saying. I'm telling you, this is what I thought all along. This is what I've been really posturing all along. This just confirms it. Um, and uh, again, it's just erring on the side of safety, what we, what we would be doing. Going uh, further, this engineer, Filar, says, the, the quote, the Club of Rome declared in the 1970s in one of its publications, uh, uh, the publication possibly is Mankind at the Turning Point, Club of Rome, that in effect, that either the birth rate would have to be reduced or the death rate increased. Max Planck Institute believes that the world population must be reduced to at least 2 billion people. In the U.S., there is the the so-called American Stonehenge, which is the Georgia Guidestones. We've talked about them many times, which has a message engraved on a 100-ton granite block that world population has to be reduced to 500 million people to reach the era of reason. Then we'll be able to all sit around with our legs folded in the lotus position and reason with one another. I mean, isn't that what it's all about? Let's be reasonable. You know, we've just got to reduce world population to 500 million over a 90% reduction. 
When you look at the supposed issue of over, overpopulation, it is interesting to note that apparently the state of Texas alone could feed all six billion people. Yep, amen. And then he goes on to say, I don't believe in the so-called overpopulation, but rather that the globalization fanatics, really the Illuminati, don't need six billion work slaves, and therefore they want to reduce the world population to one-tenth. So they've got to reduce the population. There's too many people for them to control right now. I don't care... I mean, granted, yes, it, d- it does depend. The bigger the military, the more they can do this. But it's too much logistically for them to deal with. Now remember, the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne. So let's always keep that at the forefront of our thinking. And then Dr. Hammer says, Helmet, you were right when you said during our last interview on August 13, 2009, once they have accomplished that, they have won. Therefore, the German New Medicine... Really, and I put in there all alternative medicine. Because he likes to just talk about this one thing being like the only ray of hope. There's a lot of different things that are good for health. Okay, and, and, and unfortunately, a lot of alternative medicine is steeped in new age as well, which is not good. But I would go to say, therefore, all alternative medicine has to be suppressed. Because if this awareness and knowledge had been commonplace, they could not have done it. Uh and then they end it. Okay, so anyway, that's the um, that's that part. Now, there's one other thing I want to get into, and I'm just going to make this one study. I'm not going to split this up because we're, we're getting near the end, but I'm going to play you this clip I just saw the other day. of um, I'm, I'm going to read this to you, and then I'm going to play the clip. It's Greg Evanson, former Kansas State Trooper, and it's... I th- I've touched on this before, but we're going to just do it real quick again here. Uh, and he, this is plans for the vaccine bracelets to be forced on people at roadblocks. This is from July 30th, 2009. Former Kansas City State Trooper Greg Evanson reports that there are plans for roadblocks to force vaccines with military personnel putting bracelets on people. Those who refuse to take the steel band with the microchip will be put on a prison bus and taken to a quarantine camp. Evanson also says he believes that many law enforcement officers will reject the Gestapo approach on their fellow citizens and will question the legitimacy of the orders of what looks like a bunch of criminals in federal government who appear to be seeking to retain their grip of power by setting up an apparatus of state terror, all too reminiscent of Nazi Germany, where the inmates of concentration camps like Buchenwald were killed by injections in the heart. Law enforcement officers anxious to restore law and order and arrest really dangerous criminals should look no further than the people sitting in the top echelons of government. Um, he, he writes, Have you been made aware of the massive roadblock plans, roadblock plans to stop all travelers for vaccine bracelet, which was the stainless steel band with a microchip, that will force you to take the shot, refuse it, and you will be placed on a prison bus and taken to a quarantine camp. What will you do when your children are not allowed into school without a shot? What will you do when they are not allowed into the workplace without vaccine paperwork? Or to buy groceries? Or to go to the bank? Or to shop anywhere? You get on a bus, plane, or train? Use the toilet in the mall? Nope. Police officers will become loathed, feared, despised, and remembered for their official duties, writes Evanson. Those that will go along with it, at least. 
Note, there are significant numbers of officers at all levels that simply detest the forced training at FEMA centers, the requirements to stop patriots and others simply because they look dangerous and are exercising free speech statements on their vehicles. By those ultimate authority, by whose ultimate authority does that take place? By whose ultimate judgment is it that it is necessary to harass innocent drivers and families? The public sees the Gestapo mentality as far more of a danger than stickers put on vehicles. Where are these faithful enforcers of the law when it comes to confronting the unlawful, unconstitutional, unjustifiable, and unmerciful rotten bunch of usurpers, communists, atheists, deviants, immoral uh, scrunch bags uh, that are walking the halls of Congress, White House, and the federal courts? How is it that the get-em-at-all-cost morons at Homeland Security have created an environment of in America that is unwanted intrusion that is an unwanted intrusion of the power of 186 other nations. So once again, I implore those officers of the law who are in grave doubt about the legitimate authenticity of their superiors in any agency to simply read the Constitution, reread their oath of office, seek out retired officers for guidance, and remember this very carefully um, to not brutalize citizens in pursuit of order. Now, I'm going to play you the video of him I just found the other day. And I don't know how, how long this has been up here, but it's, uh, it's excellent. Okay, after a huge, gigantic hassle, we finally located this video. And um, this is from uh, Greg Everson. The, um, the report that we just read. This is him speaking personally about this. This, was, this video was put up September 9th. So it just came out. And uh, he's going to elaborate a little bit further on what we just heard on the report that he had put out previously. So here we go. I just stumbled upon you this last January, and I thank God I did. Um, you wrote an article this last July 29th. I will never forget it. And there was an excerpt in the article that alarmed me, and not much surprises me anymore, um, regarding the swine flu and the military, implementing the military to help out. And in the article, uh, I know you don't reveal your sources, but I'd like you to elaborate about, about the metal shackles they're going to put on the wrists with the computer chip. And maybe, Catherine Albrecht, you can um, add to that comment. Unfortunately, I believe one among several plans to ensure that the government's edict of mandated vaccinations, and by the way, the state of Oklahoma last week passed through its house just such a law for the state of Oklahoma and its residents that everyone will be vaccinated in the state of Oklahoma. Now, having said that, there are also plans that will ensure that you do not freely travel, nor will you be able to really go anywhere without proof that you have had the vaccination at the point that the government mandates that certain levels of the population take the inoculation. When that happens, I have been told by state troopers across the country that there are plans ready to be implemented that would include roadblocks and choke points, as we call them, major interstate junctions around major cities and so forth, where the greatest number of people can be held until they are 
either. They either prove their vaccination by papers or, in the case of a medical specialist in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who told me that they had observed a semi-tractor trailer being unloaded at the hospital loading dock, pallets and pallets, scores of cases of metal bracelets, and then once put on, would slip into a place and, and be either uh, pegged in there with some kind of uh, device to hold it in place, but the band was meant to be permanent. On top is a chip. That chip will include all kinds of information about you and the fact that you have been inoculated. Now, this is one of several plans. It has not yet seen the light of day, but it is there. It's in readiness. You choose the poison. It's either slow homicide or slow suicide. They're either going to kill you with the injection, or if you go up and say, sure, I just want to be able to go wherever I want to go, and you take it, to me, that's virtual suicide. Just slow motion suicide. So we've all talked about not getting the vaccination, that's clear. But you may not have a choice. I am told that the plans include buses that will be standing by for people at roadblocks that refuse to take the inoculation. The people will then be escorted to the buses and taken, as I was told, in the state I was in at that time when I was speaking to the troopers, you're going to get a free ride to a nice warm bunk at Fort Riley. Well, it, it, it's one of several plans. We can't know until they're implemented, but I assure you that those plans are in place and law enforcement is going to be pulled in. And one of the articles I wrote, I said the law enforcement community will enforce a new world order. There will be many that will not, and that's good news for us. But I believe it's still majority that will be standing in line saying, get your shot or get on the bus. That's what's coming. Okay, so that was uh, the uh, Greg Evanson, uh, former state trooper, wrote that article that we just talked about. Now, again, I tend to, uh, I have a different take on it because a lot of the people that report on these things in the patriot movements, they don't bring the Lord Jesus Christ into it whatsoever. It's not mentioned, this type of thing. So I don't ever, you know, the whole thing about being forced to do something uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne. And He can protect you no matter what situation that you're in. And I've done some teachings on, uh, I did one teaching on what they call imprecatory prayers, Psalm 64, where you're asking God to hide you from the secret counsel of the wicked and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. And I'm telling you, these prayers, of course, I know we're not supposed to do, you know, uh, just repetitive prayers over and over and over again, these types of things. But I believe there is power in praying, particularly the Psalms, quoting the Word of God, which is sharper than any two-edged sword. Okay, so, you just have to have the faith to believe that the Lord can hide you. Under the shadow of His wings will I make my refuge while these calamities be overpassed. God always preserves a remnant. Always. But I guarantee you one thing about the remnant. They had the faith to believe that God could protect them no matter how dark or bleak it looked. So just um, bear that in mind about this whole whole situation. So anyway, uh, I always want to try to give you that balanced perspective on this whole, whole subject. 
And we're not supposed to be walked around in fear. The fear of man bringeth a snare. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. You know, we're put, supposed to put on the full armor of God, wherewith we will be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. And that, you know, these things are things we need to be quoting and thinking and doing, praying about it. Uh, if the Lord is showing you a, a particular place you need to go or be, or convicting you to do certain things regarding. Um, you know, where you need to put your money, where, uh, what survival supplies you might need to get, water purification, things like that. Uh, you know, you need to do that as well. I've got a whole Word document, Proactive Emergency Meta- uh, Measures, where I get into a lot of the things you can do, um, from all the way from mild silver protein to different areas where you can relocate and things like that. And if you go and, and you key in the swine flu, in the uh, search box on the homepage on Sermon Audio, many of the PDFs will, will give you that document as well. Uh, I've also got uh, the teachings up on YouTube on the avian flu. Get into a lot of this, and that has the document connected with those up on YouTube. So, anyway, that's the, that's the end of that study, and uh, we're going to go to our next part uh, coming up. God bless you.